This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert. And I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure. Because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Accenture overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Hello and welcome to the BBC Good Food Favourite Recipes podcast with me, Miriam Nice. Don't worry, Tom Kerridge will be back in the podcast chair in March, but until then I'll be your host of this bonus eight-episode series all about our favourite recipes. I'll be talking to Good Food's team of experts and most importantly, hearing from you. Today we're all about Eggs Benedict, one of our favourite brunch dishes, and I'm joined by food editors Cassie. Hello. Hello. And Fido Tabani. Hi. And fielder of your queries, Nadia. Hi. Hi. So Eggs Benedict, we all agreed that that's a suitable brunch dish, right? Absolutely. I think it's one of the classics, isn't it? Yeah, it's up there as one of the classics and one of my favourites, I'd say. Brilliant. We're going to go into a bit more detail about this recipe a little bit later in the podcast. If you want to find out which Eggs Benedict we're talking about, you can watch a video about it as well, all on bbcgoodfood.com. But first, Nadia, you asked our social media audience if they needed any help from us in the brunch department. And what did they come back with? So we had a lot of questions about brunch because I'd say it's one of the most popular meals. Does it count as a meal on its own? Yeah, I think it, we've, sure. we've kind of created a new occasion for a meal, haven't we? We've squeezed it in there between breakfast and lunch and, yeah, created a new meal. I definitely think it's a meal. I think you you can't, you forego breakfast and you forego lunch. So it, it, it brings the two together. Oh, I don't know about foregoing both. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one. <laughs> so the first question... Can you guys think of a brunch that can be made ahead or set out for multiple hours of grazing? So for early risers to people who sleep in. Yeah, so one of the, one of my favourite brunch recipes is um, like a brioche bake. So it's kind of like a bread and butter pudding um, slash French toast. 
combined. So you you would um, soak the brioche in like a custardy kind of mixture the night before and um, you can chuck in some blueberries or some nuts in there and then bake it the next morning when you're ready to serve. And I always serve it with crispy bacon and maple syrups, delicious. Um, that doesn't hold so well though. So if you're talking more about a brunch that you want to just put on the table and let everyone kind of dig in throughout the morning, I'd probably go for more of a grazing table. I don't know what you think, Barney, what you... So we've just done, we did something, it's, it'll be on the website and it was um, a help yourself cured salmon platter. Perfect. So it, you, you cure your own salmon, but that could be a side of smoked salmon. You put a knife by the side, you let people slice pieces off. The only thing they have to do is they want to toast their bagels or, or to be honest, you don't even have to have bagels. You could have rye bread with it. And then there's a pot of um, dill, creme fraiche or dill uh, cream cheese that we made with it and then there was some caper berries and a few other bits and pieces and it's kind of, it's kind of like a, a build your own bagel bar yeah, but delicious. in terms of making things ahead I mean I know one of your favourite brunches and you um, you enlightened me to this dish is, is shakshuka oh yeah it's a great one and so the, the base to uh, correct me if I'm wrong the base of shakshuka could be made way ahead and then when it comes to the actual day all you have to do is crack the holes in it and crack the eggs into it yeah that's it it's a really good make ahead breakfast or you can have it any time of day really can't you but it's a really good hearty um brunch or breakfast dish because as you say you can make the base for it and you can spice it with a bit of harissa or some chili or whatever you want really add some peppers in there um but yeah, essentially just a really nice tomato-y stew is the base. And then, like Barney says, you just crack in some eggs. And I also like to do it with beans as well. So you make like a big batch of homemade spicy or smoky beans and then you can crack the eggs into that. That's really delicious. The internet went um, shakshuka mad, didn't it? There was like green mm. shakshukas with people putting spinach through yeah. it. There's all different types and you can add essentially it's vegetarian but you can add like spicy sausage to it you can make like a Spanish version with chorizo in it it's yeah it's yeah we've got a lovely version with merguez on the um website which is a real real good one so ashcorn369 asked how do I get consistently good poached eggs mine are so hit and miss right the secret to an amazing poached egg made um, traditionally is that your eggs have to be super fresh now it doesn't matter if you stir the water add vinegar add salt or not add salt if your eggs aren't fresh you're going to get wispy bits of white so if you, once you've started with a really fresh egg you're on the right track some water a little splash of uh, white vinegar um, let's see the white wine or cider vinegar then bring your water up to the boil turn it down to a simmer crack your eggs either into a ramekin and then lower the eggs from the ramekin into there the only reason for doing that is to make sure there's no shell and to make sure that the eggs aren't cracked before they go into the water but if you're confident you can crack the eggs straight into the water now the perfect timing for an egg for a poached egg is three minutes set your timer three minutes leave it leave the white to come up and it, you kind of get that mozzarella ball uh, that ball of mozzarella shape to it and then after three minutes a slotted spoon and here's what i think is really important as well is that the slotted spoon the, the egg then goes onto kitchen paper because what you don't want to do is you don't want to spoon the egg straight onto a piece of toast with the with the vinegary water in it so it goes onto a piece of kitchen paper to drain salt and pepper then straight onto your dish I think it's quite important as well that the water's not boiling too no. much. I th some people I see, you know, have really bubbling water and that's going to make the egg whites 
separate and you won't end up with a neat poached egg. Oh, do, you, do you trim the frilly bit off of your you poached can, eggs? Well, at Catering College, we were taught to <laughs> trim, trim the frilly bit off the poached egg. But to be honest, if the egg is super fresh, there won't be any frilly bits. Now, we spent I spent a day in the, um, in the Good Food Test Kitchen on Friday testing out about 15 different types of poaching gadgets. And I have to say, most of them, some of them, you got a good result. But most of them, you did not get a, 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 as good a result as you do from, from traditionally poaching. The great thing about poached eggs as well is you can make them ahead. It's yeah. the one kind of egg dish that is a good make-ahead um, saviour, isn't it? You can make a load of poached, poached eggs, save them in some cold water, hold them there for, what, a couple of hours? Yeah. And then reheat them to serve. And they don't even need to be kept in cold water. Once they're poached, you can keep them on the kitchen paper, yeah. put them in the fridge, and then you just put them in a bit of warm water to reheat. To reheat. Okay, so have you got any more tips on getting poached eggs absolutely right? So I would never actually um, time my poached eggs. I think once you've cooked lots of poached eggs, you can get a feel for when they're done. Um, Because obviously you're talking about a large egg from the fridge, um, but that's going to be different if you're using a medium egg from the cupboard. Um, And also it will depend on how hot your water is, things like that. So um, I would test my poached egg by just lifting it out of the water with a slotted spoon and just poking the yolk, first of all, to see if it's nice and runny, and then poking around um, the yolk to just check if the white is set. So ideally, obviously, you want the white to be set and the yolk nice and runny inside. And you can tell that with your finger just by poking the egg. So that's how I would um, check that my poached egg is cooked. As soon as I drop an egg into water, I set a timer. It doesn't matter if it's <laughs> soft-boiled, hard-boiled or, or poached. I, I always set my timer. So this is an opposite question. Two people asked this. Uh, one was from Gracie Poohoo, who said, please recommend a good brunch for people who don't love eggs. And Hayley Grice, a bit more passionate with this one, can brunch ever be enjoyed by egg haters? Uh, yeah, there's loads of lovely brunch dishes you could make without using eggs. Um, I guess it depends whether you're talking about um, allergies, so you can't eat eggs at all because lots of dishes would include eggs like pancake batters and waffles where the eggs aren't so obvious but are still um, part of the recipe. Um, but then again, you can make vegan pancakes, which are really nice, uh, vegan waffles, um, or revert back to beans. I love beans for brunch. So yeah, like we said earlier, a big big batch of beans with some avocado and mushrooms and um, all the other lovely bits and pieces that you'd normally get with you know a full English that kind of thing and I would say you're definitely I think like the world is your menu because uh, a really good sandwich like a, a really good BLT or a BL mm. uh, you know bacon lettuce avocado sandwich that to me smacks of a really lovely yeah. brunch mushrooms on toast yeah. is, is, a, is a really lovely brunch and then what we said before about the bagel I mean is there anything more brunchy than like a smoked sandwich smoked smoke sandwich smoke or yeah or um, toasted banana bread that's another favourite of mine I love toasted banana bread you can make flavoured butters and you know put a nice spiced date butter on there or something that's delicious in fact, one of my favourite brunches is kedgeri, which I don't have oh, with eggs. Yeah. I know classically it is eaten with some sort of egg with it, but we have it without the egg. So there's a really good substantial brunch, British as well. Mm, which I love kedgeri, it really sets you up for the day. Yeah. So I actually have my own question quickly, if that's okay. <laughs> yeah. um, I love baked beans. There was a not the best time when I was eating it for breakfast, lunch and dinner. <laughs> that was when I was a student, obviously. But how would you really spice up your baked beans? So are we talking a tin of baked beans? Yeah, that you're we're talking spice? the classic tin. Okay. Um, Barney, go. You're itching I, I, to get this I one. I absolutely <laughs> love curried beans. So I would put, uh, I'd put um, either a tablespoon of curry powder or you know a, a teaspoon of 
teaspoon of garam masala to finish it up with and then there was once this chef on television years ago and he put a massive knob of butter through the beans after he'd cooked them and they went even richer and more delicious and that's another nice way of doing it I actually hate I hate shop bought um, baked beans. <gasps> How could you? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, I think it comes from my mum stirring them through everything when I was younger. So we'd have spaghetti bolognese with baked beans, <laughs> shepherd's pie with baked beans. Um, so I can't eat them, but I love homemade baked beans. Um, and I love, like we were saying earlier, a kind of smoky version. So maybe start off with some chorizo in the pan um, and add your beans to that along with, you know, a tomato kind of base sauce. Um, or, yeah, if you want to start with your shop-bought baked beans, maybe some paprika in there and some other kind of smoky flavours. A bit of chipotle paste would be really delicious. Um, yeah. Beans um, beans and cheese on toast is a massive uh, conversation in my, in my household and everyone likes it slightly differently. So we have... Me and my daughter have toast, then cheese, then beans. Mm. And, and the, sorry, toast. Yeah, toast, then cheese, then beans. <laughs> then more cheese, surely. Then more cheese, but the cheese on the toast is sliced and the cheese on top is grated. So you have two types of cheese. But the and cheese, melted? Yeah, it melts from the heat, okay. of the, helps heat of the beans. And then my wife and my son prefer the juice of the beans to soak into the toast and just like the cheese over the top. The same argument with like jacket potatoes. I yeah. feel like we could do a whole another podcast about yeah. cheese and beans. Yeah. <laughs> cheese and beans in which order? Yeah. <laughs> Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So sausages are considered a staple of brunch. How do you stop them from sticking to the oven tray? That's from Pack Knee. So first off, um, you want quite a sturdy tray. I would get the tray hot before you add the sausages and then a tiny drizzle of oil either over the sausages before they go on the tray or on the tray before the sausages go on there. Uh, about after five minutes and after about five minutes in the oven, just give the tray a good shake and that should loosen them and stop them from sticking. Yeah, it's a good non-stick tray and you'll you'll be safe. Yeah. Um, like you say, give them a little shake halfway through. Do you have to put cuts in the sausages? No. No. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I never do it. I, I don't know where that's come from, no, but a lot of people I know pierce, do. Don't need to pierce sausages. The, ideally, with a sausage, the slower you cook it, the theory goes, the better it is because all the juices stay inside. And if you cut it open, all the 
juice from the sausage is going to come out. Okay, I'm glad I'm right on that one. <laughs> and for the last question, how do you get everything for a full English plated up quickly? That's from Liv H. So uh, for the full English, you use your oven as like a warming oven. So the best thing, as things cook, so you're cooking things in a frying pan, you then have a tray in the oven where you're just keeping things warm. And then everything goes onto that tray. And then when it comes to plating it up, everything's ready on time. If you're doing something like poached eggs where you want a runny yolk or fried eggs, you make sure they're the last thing you do. Sometimes I just do, it's not even a fryer, but it's like a healthier version. It's like a roast up. So I get a, uh, a shallow tray, like a more like a more like a baking tray, but a sturdy baking tray, and everything goes on there. So tomatoes, mushrooms, bacon, sausages are all cooked on that same tray at once because I, I agree, it's a bit like a roast. These are things we take for granted, but actually they're a bit of a juggling act mm. because all things cook at different times. You almost need to think like you're cooking in a professional kitchen and think about which items are going to hold. Yeah. So you cook your sausages and bacon and tomatoes and mushrooms, like you say, first, even your beans, keep them all warm, and then the things like the eggs and toast... You want to do last minute. And put someone else on toast duty because yeah. toast, toast is like the gravy to a roast. It's the thing that can say you've, you've got everything together and you haven't made you haven't made or buttered your toast. So you call someone in and you delegate toast duty. Yeah, how many times have you burnt your toast because you've been <laughs> watching your beans and your poached yeah. eggs? Yeah, I cook fries quite a lot, but I do it all in the oven. Yeah. Is that okay to do? Bacon, sausages, everything in yeah. the oven? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Okay, just checking. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for those, Nadia. They're brilliant. So let's talk a bit more about this Eggs Benedict. Okay, so it's a hollandaise topped poached egg with ham on an English muffin. I've brought a few muffins for you guys to try so we can talk about what would be the best one. And maybe if you can just describe to me what an English muffin is. But the ones I brought with you, the ones I brought with me are a plain one, a wholemeal one and an oven bottom muffin as well, just for a bit of, bit of difference. So yeah, please, okay, Cathy, have, have a go, Barney. You're going for the white one, Barney. Yeah. This the oven bottom one is more like a bap. Yeah, it's not as um, dense as the, the traditional two. white English muffin. Like a sort of flat roll, isn't it? Yeah, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't use that for my no eggs but, benedict. But, but the other so, two hold up quite well, and you can see why they're used with something like a poached egg and a hollandaise because they not they don't go soggy when the egg yolk and the hollandaise kind of go into them. Yeah, they're the perfect size as well, aren't they, mm. to hold a poached egg on top. Yeah. Um, yeah, so my preference would be for the white English muffin. I, like my my preference would be the white or the brown, not the oven bottom. I did an um, Eggs Benedict kind of twist with a crumpet. Are you going to stop being friends with me? Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think it's a lovely idea. All the hollandaise go down into oh, the... Oh, into the holes. Oh, so that's the best thing about a crumpet. Crispy yeah. base and all the butter oozing into the holes. So. Yeah. Yeah, replicate that with hollandaise. But there's there's a lot of twists on the on the theme of, of the recipe. So, you know, the recipe is a poached egg, ham, muffin. That could be spinach, make it in a Florentine, you could do it with Smoked smoked salmon. salmon. We did a very decadent one years ago, it's when we first started working with Chef Tom Kerridge. Uh, and he did lobster tail, Ooh, yeah, poached egg, hollandaise and caviar. Yeah. That was for Christmas Day. But to be honest, after that, I don't know if I, I don't know if I would have been able to have eaten a Christmas dinner. <laughs> but it was very, very nice. I put, controversially, I prefer bacon to ham on my um, eggs benedict. Like, a, like an egg McMuffin. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I like the contrasting textures. I was going to ask you about that because the recipe that we're talking about has actually got um, parma or bayon ham. That's not that's not traditional, is it? No, it's normally cooked ham. But I I do prefer it with something like a bayon ham or something salty. You're after the salty. 
When it comes to eggs, you want something to season the egg with. So whether that is smoked salmon or whether it's uh, whether it's salty ham or whether it's bacon, eggs are nothing without salt or you just don't get that flavour. It could be a pinch of salt, mm-hmm. but salty ingredients work really well with eggs, which is why they work so well on the in the in the recipe. Brilliant. You also mentioned the other the other recipes that kind of form a family of recipes. So we've got Eggs Benedict, Florentine and Royale. Can you just talk me through those, Cassie? Yeah, so Eggs Florentine would be with spinach. So you just use a spinach um, base under the egg. Um, really nice option. Vegetarians, obviously. And Florentine, uh, sorry, Royale. Royale. And Royale, we use smoked salmon. So again, like Barney said, it adds a really nice salty flavour to the egg, um, complements the hollandaise and the poached egg really nicely. I really like the Florentine, but often if the spinach isn't dry, like it's cooked and then it needs the excess water removing, because there's nothing worse than when you get your, your muffin and it's got, Bunny's like shaking his head, obviously. spinach juice. It's a muffin, it's not what you want. It's the same as I was saying about the poached egg. You know, the, you, the last thing you want, a, a bag of eggs Florentine would have the water from the, the water from the spinach and the water from the poached egg mm. all going into the muffin. It wouldn't be nice, but with the simple, uh, the simple trick of just draining both really well, you've got a beautiful dish. I feel like poached eggs are like your your passion project. <laughs> I go, well, the, poached, you know, the poached egg king. There's like the poached the poached egg video on bbcgoodfood.com is one of our biggest performing pieces of content, and that is you like poaching an egg the best way. And I, so the things people need to take away is kitchen paper to drain it on, or, or a very, tea towel. Very fresh egg. If you're doing it traditionally yep. and you're you haven't got some uh, fancy way of doing it, it's a very fresh egg, as fresh as you can get. Um, do you ever chill the egg? Some people say to chill the egg first, don't they? I, I never do, but that's how I was taught at cookery school. I keep my eggs in the fridge, which I know you don't have oh, to. See, and you I'm don't... a cupboard girl because I'm a baker. Uh, you see, but I do keep my eggs in the fridge only because there's a nice space for them in the fridge. <laughs> so my eggs are always, are always chilled mm. regardless. But if I am baking, so I do it the other way around. If I'm baking, then I'll take the eggs out of the out of the fridge a few hours before baking. Yeah. Okay. I actually use the... Um, poached egg video the other day and it's kind of weird that I work here now and I'm watching Barney with her. show me how no, yeah, yeah, yeah young Barney <laughs> show me how to poach an egg and then I see him in work on Monday like oh you're right Barney you helped my brunch the other day <laughs> still to come on the podcast can you share your dishes or do you order your brunch dish and that's for you and the- I order mine and nobody gets to have it and then I eat half of my husband's <laughs> sharing is caring it's you lose it's you lose and no one likes to see food waste <laughs> so is there anything else fresh eggs vinegar is actually you don't uh, need it um, well I, I think like the flavour of a poached egg to me a little bit of vinegar yeah, seasons it, little... it, yeah, it has a little bit of acidity from the mm. water but if your egg is super fresh you don't need it but, the, but honestly I've poached thousands of eggs three minutes is the optimum timing two and a half the white's a little bit wobbly three and a half the yolk's a little bit cooked so for a, for a large egg three minutes perfect Fresh egg, drain it properly, three minutes. Yeah, the other way around. Fresh egg, (laughs) three minutes, drain it properly. (laughs) Brilliant. Um, And hollandaise, so this is the the sauce that goes on top of the eggs, Benedict or Florentine or Royale. Is it ridiculously complicated? No, it's not complicated at all. It's something that um, can take a little bit of time to master, but once you know what you're doing, it's simple. So, um, again, there's a couple of rules to stick to, I would say. 
you want uh, fresh eggs again. Um, I always start with a vinegar reduction, but I know some people don't feel like they need to include that. But that's the way I was taught. And I again, I like that flavour of the vinegar in there. Um, so that's just a bit of vinegar boiled down with some water. And you can include some herbs in there if you want to. Um, some people add tarragon or bay leaves. And you just want to reduce that a little bit and then add maybe a teaspoon or half a teaspoon to your egg yolks. Um, start whisking it over a bain-marie, so a boiling, bit boiling water in a pan. You don't want it to be too hot because you're going to start cooking the eggs. Um, and then you start to incorporate your butter. And um, I was always taught to use cold butter, so that's the way I do it. There's two kind of methods for making hollandaise. So you can you can make a kind of cheats hollandaise in a blender. So for that, you want really hot butter, and you're going to add that onto the eggs as they're emulsifying with the um, vinegar reduction and it'll all come together in a blender but I've always found that that method makes a thinner hollandaise so for a thicker hollandaise which you can really spoon on top of the egg um, yeah I'd cook it over a bain-marie keep adding the butter whisking continuously and it's really about feeling your way through it as you're cooking it so if you feel like the pan's getting too hot you want to take the bowl off and keep going then take it back on um, and the whole time you're kind of adjusting the heat to get that perfect consistency of hollandaise and cook the eggs out without obviously splitting them and then eventually it will turn into a lovely emulsification and you have a smooth hollandaise sauce. Amazing and that's that similar process for like melting chocolate very carefully so it's a heat proof bowl over a pan of boiling water or just barely, barely yeah, simmering? Yeah that's it, yeah. exactly that just flipping away a little bit um, you just want the steam rising really to heat the bowl. And then once you've mastered it, you've got a mother sauce, a hollandaise is your base. And it not only does it work beautifully with eggs, but it works lovely with fish. It works really nicely with meat. And you can add different herbs to it. So off the base of hollandaise, you add tarragon, chopped tarragon. You have the classic sauce for steak, which is bernays. It's a really nice herb sauce to serve with lamb if you add mint to it. You can add, rather than adding um, lemon juice to finish it, you can add blood orange juice. And that works really nicely with green vegetables, vegetables like asparagus. So once you've learned hollandaise, I mean, there are so many different um, sauces you can make from it. It's a mother sauce, isn't it? Yeah. And then you can... Yeah, create all sorts of interpretations of it. Delicious sauces. Mm. All right, and how do you get everything to come together at the right time? So we've got the the toasting of the muffins, the ham, the poaching of the eggs and the hollandaise. What would be your top tips, Cassie, of how to make sure that that all comes together? Okay, so um, the hollandaise, you can make it and it will sit for a little while, but not too long. So um, I'd start with the hollandaise and then keep that over a warm um, bain-marie as we said a, a pan of um, warm water turn the pan off just keep it warm um, keep an eye on it so that it doesn't split and remove it from the bowl if it looks like it's getting too hot um, then get your eggs on start poaching those once uh, your eggs are in the water put your, your muffins in the toaster or under the grill um, get your ham ready and then you're kind of ready to go your, your hollandaise is there keeping warm um, yeah, just fish your, your eggs out. You can leave them to stand for 30 seconds or a minute on your kitchen paper to drain while you just butter your muffin and you're good to go. Fantastic. All right, so I'm going to push you a little bit more now. Um, what's your definition of brunch, Bonnie? Brunch to me is the meal. I haven't had breakfast. I'm really hungry. You're going to have a, a quite a substantial evening meal. It's the meal that I have. Uh, it's a meal that I have there. It doesn't always revolve around eggs for me. So it could be a really delicious toasted sandwich. It's never a whole meal in itself. Like I often think, if you add chips to a fry up, it then becomes it's no longer it's no longer uh, it's no longer brunch. It all of a sudden it kind of becomes dinner. Um, so I, it 
it kind of it, it's more of a it's more of a lighter lighter meal than a formal lunch and it's more substantial than a breakfast I think there's a window as well lots of restaurants serve brunch up until kind of two o'clock yeah. but for me it has to be before midday all right okay yeah I feel like after that it's lunch you're in lunch territory we're big uh, so it, brunch for us is big on Sundays and so we will be having something something substantial later in the afternoon so it's around yeah it's around midday mid between midday and one o'clock so okay. I'd go between like after it had to be after nine. Oh, but then yeah. I think it could go on to about three. You know, like Ooh, a birthday really? brunch outing. You know, you've got some Bucks beers and some coffee and some nice bits and bobs. Yeah, I, think I think that could... just becomes lunch, though. The joy of brunch for me at the weekends is that we do, we do have breakfast because I've got really young children, so they'll have me up at the crack of dawn and they'll probably have their first sitting of food at, you know, 6.30, 7 o'clock, <laughs> and then come 11 o'clock the adults are getting hungry so we'll have some brunch then have pancakes or waffles or something um, I wouldn't so whatever I'd have for brunch I'm not a big person for a really substantial breakfast plus you don't really want something massive when you first wake up so that's what I consider brunch if you had the if you then cooked like actually cooked something as opposed to making a piece of toast or getting yourself a bowl of mousse or something that to me is brunch yeah I think there are perhaps certain dishes that don't count as brunch. I think you were saying that if you put chips on a fry up, it's not breakfast anymore, it's dinner. So it's the kind of interesting rules that we kind of put around it. So I just went on to social media and put in hashtag brunch to see what people were tagging. And I'm just going to ask you whether you think it's brunch or not. Okay. All right. Uh, fried chicken. With waffles, yes. Oh, really? Okay. I'd, I'd like, absolutely no, not. absolutely not. Waffles and maple syrup and fried chicken. It's a modern day classic brunch. Okay, well, I, I'm just going fried chicken to me. It's not, <laughs> it's not brunch. Okay. Uh, waffles, yes. Fried chicken, if no. If you had coleslaw, no. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah, I think I agree with Cassie. I think if it's got a waffle with it, then yeah. Mm. I, yeah. Um, this is, <clears throat> so this one is a, a marble cake? No. No. no Tea time. Uh, pizza. No, never. I've made a brunch pizza because I've had, some, I've, had, I've, I've had some <laughs> left, I've had some leftover pizza though, and it wasn't. Uh, yeah, it wasn't. It just feel a bit odd. I've done one with quail's eggs on yeah. once, which is quite cool. But yeah, I'm not sure. Borderline. Yeah, borderline. Isn't it? I'd call it a flatbread. Yeah. Yeah, brunch flatbread, <laughs> as opposed to a pizza. Uh, this looks like a burger with mac and cheese in it. Wrong. No. 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 Yeah. That's just a <laughs> plate of sandwiches and some crisps. So I'm guessing that's a no. Um, Crisps are no massive no. Pancakes, yes, yes. definitely. We have yeah, pancakes yes. is a massive 100%. yes. My and you were saying about the um, about you know if if you're not allergic to eggs but you don't want an actual egg then I think pancakes is the is is the ideal yeah. non-egg brunch. But also we make lovely um, fluffy egg-free pancakes at home, so yeah. it can be done without eggs. Muesli, no, no breakfast. Breakfast. And let's see if I find one more. Pasta. No. Never. <laughs> Never. Pasta's no. a big no. Some incorrect tagging going on then in that case. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, you both post quite a bit on social media and have quite a lot of followers. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about um, the hashtag, like, put an egg on it. So, Cassie, why do you think that sticking a cooked egg on the top of a dish and photographing it is such a massive deal? It's got... It's got a huge kind of visual appeal, hasn't it? Getting that runny egg yolk oozing out. It looks great. So I guess that's that's why. And you also, if, if you can get it right, you get that reflection in the yolk. Yeah. So the, the light needs to be right. But actually, an egg yolk, as you said, it's, it's, it's very pretty. Yeah. So you get that bounce of light coming off it. It's gorgeous. Uh, 
And now I'm going to put some brunch etiquette scenarios at you now. Real test. <laughs> uh, you're out with a group of friends and family, about six or eight of you having brunch together, perhaps in a restaurant. Uh, can you Instagram your food? Yes or no? Mm, depends. Depends on how good the food depends is. Depends where you are. Depends on where you are, how good the food is, where do you think the place is. If they're doing something really good, then you'll, you know, you, you want to tell the world what you're trying to promote their brand, tell the world how good they are. Yeah, I think nowadays that is how we kind of communicate, isn't yeah. it, with food? And it's you're, you're doing a good thing for the restaurant or wherever yeah. you're eating. You're, like you say, promoting um, them. So, yeah, I think it's a nice thing to do. And we love sharing our images on social media because we're so passionate about food and we love, you know, getting talking to people about it. And that's what happens when you're Instagramming your meals. Um, when you're in that scenario, I think the people you're with sometimes can get a bit annoyed if they're not into it as much as you. So, yeah, you have to make a judgment call on the day, I'd say. But a lot of places that serve brunch are quite, in my area, are independent cafes, small mm. businesses that can do with all the promotion that they, they can get, which is... a a big reason to, yeah, to put it on Instagram. It's less of, look at me, I'm here. It's more a case of, look at them and what they're doing. Yeah, they really welcome it. All right, next question. Same scenario, same group of friends. Can you share your dishes or do you order your brunch dish and that's for you and no one else gets to? That's I tr- order mine and nobody gets to have it and then I eat half of my husband's. <laughs> I, yeah, if, if you're married to the other person or, or you're related, then I think it's fine. But yeah. if you're not, not really. Unless they leave it. And if they leave it, then it's fair game. Because Snoot caring. Snoot you lose. Snoot you lose and no one likes to see food waste. <laughs> All right. And then if there's something wrong with your dish, so we're talking like an undercooked poached egg yeah. or maybe if it's avocado, it's a bit hard, do you send it back? Yeah, I mean, I think if it, if the egg was undercooked and it's going to ruin the rest of the dish, I would send it back, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would definitely politely um, give them some pointers as to how Tell they could the improve on their brunch dishes. Avocado's yeah. a tough one, though, because yeah. how many times do you cut into a, a bad avocado thinking it's going to be Yeah, but they've, okay. they've cut into it and then they've made that yeah. decision to yeah. put it on the dish, so That's, no. Yeah. All right, and the last one for me, the best way to cook eggs, if you can have one forever. Poached is my favourite. I have to say poached. People think that they're tricky, but check the video out and you'll find they're not. Plus, they're done in a separate pan, and that's not normally a pan that's involved in the rest of the brunch. So you can do them last minute. They take about... They take, we timed it in the test in the test kitchen. From start to finish, egg on toast, it took eight minutes in total. Speedy, brilliant. Food geek. Wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) And that is all we've got time for today. So join me next time when we'll be talking about pancakes. Thank you very much. See you next time. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the BBC Good Food Favourite Recipes podcast. Join us again next time when we'll be discussing more of your favourite recipes. If you want to cook along to the podcast, go to bbcgoodfood.com slash feature slash podcasts. Like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify or Acast to make sure you never miss an episode. See you next time.